1: everybody, welcome to Impact Theory. You are here, my friends, because you believe that human potential is nearly limitless, but you know that having potential is not the same as actually doing something with it. So our goal with this show and company is to introduce you to the amazing people and ideas that are going to help you actually execute on your dreams. All right, today's guest has been an entrepreneur since the age of eight, and we're not talking about a cutesy entrepreneur with a lemonade stand set up by his parents, we're talking about a for real entrepreneur who started a business selling flowers and doing manual labor to help make ends meet. His true life story reads like a Hollywood movie that's so outrageous you would never believe it. Abandoned by his father at one and his mother at age six, he endured physical, psychological, and sexual abuse as a child until his grandmother got custody of him. He refused, however, to let that hardship define him. And defying the odds, he went on to build a very successful business that saw him consulting for Fortune 500 CEOs by the time he was 19. He serviced companies like Apple, Verizon, Microsoft, Costco, and Walmart, providing guidance and innovation in branding, marketing, and sales. And at its height, his company was making six figures a month, providing him the kind of life that most people can only dream of, but for him, it felt hollow. So we ultimately exited that company and founded a nonprofit aimed at combating mental illness, rescuing at-risk youth, and helping people reach their highest potential. At last count, and I'm sure it is even more by now, he has traveled over 81,000 miles, done over 675,000 minutes of communication on the topic, and given over 624 hours worth of interviews in an effort to reach people and help. His work has been featured on Fox, a and CNN, TechCrunch, and many, many more. Please help me in welcoming the man who truly cannot be broken, the founder of the nonprofit Powerhouses, A Human Project, and Superhuman.life, Wesley Chapman.
0: Yeah. Thank you. welcome, dude. I love that. You gave,
1: you gave me chills. Well, so. dude, trust me, you gave me chills like 80 times doing the research. It's, it's crazy. And the thing that really impacted me the most, and since we're talking about getting the chills, is the perfect place to start. With the background that you've had, how did you find beauty in your life again? Because most people, they don't. And once they go down to the dark place that you went, that's it. It's game over.
0: It's a great question. Um, in, beauty to me was the simple things. I think that was something that um, I just biologically had programmed in me from somewhere. And I also think that when you don't know the other side, so, I mean, all I knew from start to, you know, the point where I changed everything when I was 16 was darkness. I really didn't have a comprehension of joy. Like for me, I didn't understand anything but the darkness, Mm. but there were these glimpses, there were these moments that things would happen. Like I remember my first Christmas that I can really remember with my grandma and I got this uh, ninja house. And like I can vividly still to this day see that ninja house. And in, and I got one stuffed animal, his name's Ralph, and I still have him to this day, my son now has him. But uh, it was just those little tiny things and then when I would see those or I'd experience those, I'd want more, right? So it was this internal, internal combustion happening inside of like, I have to figure out a way to have more of the ninja house, more of the Ralph. Like I have to have these these things more in my life. And normally that's fulfilled by parents or that's fulfilled by but It wasn't for me, even my grandma, she was so overwhelmed with taking care of me and I was quite the little hellion. And so, I mean, she just was trying to get me to survive, let alone provide any kind of joy for me. And so it was just one of those things where I had to just find it from within. And then when I did, it became like a drug. And then that led to its own issues and problems and different things. But yeah, I think it was a combination of a lot of different factors, but it was just more about the internal... Like I want this more, you know, just that once I had that little flavor, I wanted more of it and I would do anything to try to obtain that.
1: I knew a guy once that had a really bad stutter and he said the problem with stuttering is that you know you're going to do it so it makes you anxious Mm -hmm. and so it's like this self-reinforcing loop of negativity which the more you stutter, the more you're afraid you're going to stutter so the more that you do stutter and it just gets worse and worse. Right. And he said something that always stuck with me. And he said, "Getting that cycle going in the opposite direction is brutally difficult work." And I know that a lot of the kids that you reach out to, and having watched a lot of the content um, that you put out around Human Camp, which is, you want to talk about chills like that. That was—it's cr- yeah. so amazing to hear these kids tell their own story in their own words. But how how did you get like? What are the techniques you used to get it going the other way so that it was? being able to take those glimpses into beauty and turn them into a full-blown emotional experience
0: a lot of self-talk you know i mean there's been a, a lot of marketing material created around positive thinking and you know self conversation and and they're making money on it, obviously, and I respect that to some degree, but the reality is it's just looking in the mirror and telling yourself the story that you want. I mean, and a lot of people tell the story that everybody else wants them to tell, right? So the marketing message so young girls right now, I'm fat, I'm ugly, my hair's not long enough, it's not blonde enough, it's not brunette enough, my hips are too big, they're not big enough, whatever it is, right? The, the story is being told from out here and then you're bringing it to you what you have to do is tell the story you want. And so for me, I didn't want to be the kid that didn't have a dad, didn't have a mom that was abused, that was, you know, living in poverty. I, that's not the story I wanted. I wanted to be the powerful person. I wanted to be the one that people looked up to. I wanted to be the person that that was respected with his friends, not made fun of with, you know, his classmates. So I just started telling that story over and over in the mirror. I mean it was as simple as that. And then I started believing You started
1: telling a new story about I'm that kind for of me, person. Yeah,
0: instead of I am a, for example, uh, troubled youth, right? I was told that oh you're just you're a troubled youth, Wes, so we need to help you. And I'm like, no, I'm not a troubled youth. Like I'm I am a youth, right? So let's get rid of the word trouble. I'm a happy youth, I'm a playful youth, I'm a successful youth. Like put the word, fill the word in there that you want, and if you believe the word trouble, then much like the stutter thing, then that's what you are, right? You're just perpetuating that stereotype or that conversation more and more. And whenever I did that, whenever I, which I'd have my moments of weakness where I I would try and try and then fail, and as soon as I'd start like just kind of, okay, you know, body, just like everything, like frumpy and just like, all right, I'm just gonna give up. That's when my life became worse and worse and I started making worse decisions. And then I started realizing like, wait, if I just keep pushing over here, it's hard. It's hard as hell. There's no easy answer to this. There's no like, okay, well, every morning at six o'clock, you know, wake up and meditate for 10 minutes and tell yourself you're beautiful. And then go, like, it's not, it doesn't work like that. It's a constant battle. And you're going to have moments of complete and total defeat where it's just like, what am I doing? Like, why do I keep trying to do this? And it, for me, again, it was just reminding myself of, I want these happy moments. I want to have this life. And, and so it just, It started to perpetuate in little things that I would see like a new friend at school or a relationship or, you know, it start to like blossom into different things. And then with the business, it would be, oh, wow, like I can go and sell and I can do. And as soon as I started like seeing just a little bit of progress, then that motivated me for the next and the next and just build and build and build. And I'd still say I'm building like I still have issues, but it's just focusing on that, that different conversation, telling a different story, and the story you want. And that's the first thing I tell youth is like, look, don't look at my story. Don't look at someone else's story. What's the story you want? And that's, that's a really simple question, but it is such a difficult question for these kids to answer with all the different things coming at them from all the different angles, all the different marketing messages, their parent messages, the world messages, movies, all this stuff, breaking down what they want. A lot of them have no idea because they've never thought that's even a possibility.
1: So you've talked in the Walking with West series about live in reality, right? Right. So are you talking about finding anchor moments? Like, what do you tell the kids? Find anchor moments in your real life like, and sort of fan those flames? Or how do you teach them to brick by brick begin to build that story?
0: Yeah, er- everyone's different, you know, because everyone has a different story. And I think we get locked into like the horrific stories. It's like really easy to say, "Oh wow, that that's such a triumphant moment that he came out of that, you know, and whatever." But there are a lot of kids who are struggling in freaking La Jolla, California or Beverly Hills, California or whatever zip code that is doing really well on the, on this planet. They're still struggling with self-worth. They're still struggling with identity. So just because it may not be that they come from a really bad background, they still are having issues with reality and what is what is something that they can hold on to and what is something they can anchor to. And so the first step that I always do with anyone that I work with, youth, adult, whatever, is what do you want? And, and that question becomes like a rabbit hole for figuring out and pulling and dissecting and coming through. And then when we finally get there, then we see certain things in their lives that have given them that want or that desire or that curiosity. And then you just start working through that. And the more layers of success that they can create, the stronger their house becomes, right? More bricks.
1: Yeah, there's few people that I've found that talk about narrative that really understand narrative externally as a brand marketing guy and then narrative internally about how you construct a story that's really powerful. One, how did you start conceiving of narrative? And two, how should people be using that um, inside? You've said that. You know, um, empowerment is never going to come externally, it's always going to come internally. So how can people use that narrative to tell themselves a, an empowering
0: story? For me, so the first place where I saw that was in Marvel, right? Was in was in the comics. My series, man, by the way. Right? <laughs> like the first thing is, I think the first one I can remember is Superman. And it was just, and I know that's not Marvel, but like the superhero world, yeah, the comic sure. world. And I just remember just seeing this like normal looking person, quote unquote, right? And And yet he had all these superpowers, but then everybody hated him. And so then he had to have these moments, you know, like the whole up and down and everything. And at a very, very young age, it just clicked with me that it's not that they have to have somebody else outside of them say they're a superhero or that they're amazing or that they can save the world. It's that they have to have this moment of well, themselves, like, I think his was in the cave, right? Where it's like, oh, wait, like, you are Superman. You are this person. You are this, this individual. And people may not like that, but this is who you are and go out and be you. And that really clicked with me of like, wait, it has nothing to do with what you do externally or what people say. It's how you view yourself and what you do inside. And so that's where I came up with this concept of, you know, put the, put the victim to bed and wake the hero up instead. And the next part of that is you have to be a hero to yourself before you can save the world. And so you have to have that moment of, I am who I am. I'm comfortable in who that is. And I'm going to go out and use who I am in the world in the best way possible. And that, that was very young for me. And I don't know, you know, why or how or whatever, but it was a very I was a very young person to understand that fully and and probably didn't understand it to the level I do now, but it was enough for me to say, okay, so I'm not defined by what my parents did or what their parents did or what the system has done or what the adoption agency didn't do or what some counselor didn't do or whatever. I'm defined by who I am. So the actions that I take, so I can be known as the individual who tries to help people and who is polite and nice and kind and all these different things. And so I just made that decision and then started telling that story.
1: Yeah, dude, Jesus. Okay, so you drop like 80 different powerful, <laughs> like deep wisdom on that one. So let's dive into a few of them. So first of all, I absolutely love that quote, put the victim to bed, wake the hero up instead. <laughs> first, things that rhyme or perceive to be something <laughs> like 72% more true or something hilarious like that. Cool. Uh, so that one, I love it because it rhymes. Um, so one, what do you like, that decision where you decide to be that or the other you can say it, I think, in a, in a super powerful way because you have been victimized, but you refuse to play the victim. Walk us through that. Like, why shouldn't people give in to seeing themselves as a victim when they really have been victimized?
0: What is, every human being wants one thing, in my opinion. I mean, you rip it all down and you get down to it, we all want control right that's we we want to be in control of something uh, whether it's ourselves other people our future like we want control it makes us feel safe which is really what we i guess if we take it to the next level we all we really want safety and control is part of that you know getting safety when you're a victim you're in zero control like you have zero control and, I, and we can go you know from the simplest thing of like you're a victim and you want the government to take care of it well what if the government fails well now you're screwed right so you need to be independent in that space. You're being abused. You're a victim. Yes, I understand that there should be sympathy inside of being a victim for something that happened. But that's the key. Something that happened. Mm. If it's happening, that's we're we're talking a completely different thing here. And I want to make sure that's clear. If you're currently being abused or you're currently being you know victimized, then. Please seek help, and it's not being a victim to ask for help. What's really, to me, being a victim is you're past it. It's happened, and now you just keep replaying that in your head over and over and over again. I was uh, the last time I was molested. I was about seven, six and a half, seven years old. I carried that, and and again, I was physically abused after, but I'm talking sexual molest- molestation. I carried that until I was about 16 years old inside of me and constantly told that story every day. Anytime something would go bad in my life, I would just look at people and be like, well, you know, this is what happened to me, and da 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 da. da. And it, when I was 16, I stopped and I thought, that person hasn't touched me for nine, 10 years, yet they continually touch me every single day of my life. So who's really in control? Who really, even though I was like trying to be the big bad, like they'll never hurt me again, you know, whatever, I was still allowing them to hurt me every single day. So I let go of that control. So being a victim is being completely powerless and and taking away all control you might have, which ultimately doesn't make you feel safe, which ultimately doesn't give you happiness, which ultimately doesn't give you prosperity and, you know, fill in the blank. And so what does being a victim get you? Nothing, absolutely nothing. So if you're getting nothing from one direction why not turn around and go to the other direction? I mean, to me, it's really common sense, but you have to break down that and you have to give people this understanding that it's okay to have had something happen to you. Mm. Like, you're not a bad person because of that. And it sounds crazy unless somebody's watching this who's gone through something, you know the guilt you feel and the things that you carry that you haven't told anyone because you're ashamed or all these things. That's okay. But continuing to allow it to affect you, that's on you. That's not on the abuser. That's not on the situation. That's on you. It's a choice you have to make of, I am no longer going to let this happen. And I've seen people, probably the most miraculous case I've ever worked on is a woman in her mid- 50s, And when I met her, she was in a wheelchair. She's been in a wheelchair since she was 14. She was raped when she was 13. So from 14 to mid-50s, she was in a wheelchair. She started working with me, started unlocking a lot of different things in her. She started doing a lot. It wasn't just like one thing. So I want to make it really clear. It wasn't just like one moment. But over the last two years now, doesn't use a wheelchair, works out in the gym every morning, does um, CrossFit, all kinds of stuff. She's had all these surgeries. You know, they said there were all these problems what was happening was she was just allowing that victimization, that that thing to control her life for this long. And I know that's, that's like a really extreme case of it affecting every aspect of her body, her spine, her nervous system, all that. Once she started letting all of that go... Now she's, you know, and it's just, it's an amazing story, but I've seen that even with youth, you know, extreme anxiety, massive depression, eating disorders, all these things happening because they're holding on to something both in shame and in victimization. Once we let them let that go and they start rewriting their story and they start being this hero to themselves, so many things start happening in their lives in the opposite direction. So it's just, again, path of victimization is nothing path of hero, you might as well give it a shot. And all the different cool things that happen along the way are just amazing.
1: Wow. So I love that concept of really thinking about your decisions through the lens of efficacy. And I know that you're a big proponent. I mean, you have to be in the marketing world of really looking at what are my results, right? Am I getting results or not? And and that's exactly how I think about being a victim. And And, you know, obviously you've got You've dealt with people that are dealing with much more extreme victimhood. Um, but I think that you've touched on really a whole spectrum, and I know that a lot of people watching this, they haven't been victimized like that, so they may not even realize like how subtle and toxic the notion of being out of control, that things are happening to you, that you can't control that situation or make different beliefs about yourself. But the simple barometer for me is look at your belief system, right? That's where people yep. get tripped up. Forget about your actions for a second. Look at your belief Beat system. system. What you believe about yourself, what you believe about the world, what you believe about other people—it's a great quote from Einstein, and he said, "The most important decision anybody has to make is whether or not you live in a hostile or friendly universe." Right. Like, are things actively working against you, or is or it you know happening for, for you? For you? Yeah. Right. Exactly.
0: And and we see so much of that right now. You know, with with all the different world stuff going on, the politics in the United States. And it's just it comes down to a choice, and it's a choice you have to make. And, and to your point, I have something called the ElMO effect, which is that, and I'll just very quickly go over it, but just because you haven't been victimized at a level that you know they write a story or a book about doesn't mean that you aren't suffering in similar pain. And this has scientifically been proven. I think it was Harvard did a big study about the different levels of abuse because as a society socially, we look and we say, wow, sexual abuse, like that's the top. Like if you've been sexually abused, holy crap like everything's been taken from you physical abuse man that's that's horrible mental abuse like all these layers layers of abuse and then we put like different classifications to it like right like this is priority so on and so forth but then the question comes around is how does the brain react to abuse how does the brain react to certain things and the, the findings in the end is the brain only understands what it understands based on the, on the chemical reactions that have happened inside of that being. So, for example, I've never broken a bone in my life. There is no wood in this thing. <laughs> so like, you know, but, but like, I just haven't, but I have stubbed my pinky toe like a thousand times. It's the most painful thing in the world. Like, it really is. Now, A guy that's broken his leg in six places is going to be like, Wes, you're a wuss. Like, I can't believe that. But the reality is I only understand what I've gone through. So the Elmo effect is very simple. You may have had something happen. And I always say it's your eighth birthday. All you ever wanted was the Elmo doll, right? You told your grandma, your grandpa, your friends, everyone, mom, dad, all I want is an Elmo doll. Your birthday comes around, you get an Xbox, a mountain bike, and $500 in gift certificates, but no Elmo doll. Now, for 20 years, you're living your life, and every time you're in a relationship, You'll text, you'll do something, and they won't respond to you, or, or you ask for something, you don't get it. And every time you have this self-sabotaging thing in a relationship where you go to the person you say, you never listen to me, you never hear what I'm saying, even though that person's doing so many other things for you, when you're asking for certain things, it's not being reciprocated. You go all the way back to that eighth year, that, that barometer, that benchmark that was set, that all you wanted was an Elmo doll. Regardless of all the cool stuff you just got, you didn't get an Elmo doll, so thus, people weren't listening to you. Your feelings aren't being validated and heard. And you're 28 years old, figuring out why you can't have relationships. And the, the Elmo Doll effect is actually a real case that I worked on of just kind of like breaking through and figuring out where was that set up, where this person was just you know self sabotaging every single time. And it comes came out to be that they wanted something for their birthday when they were younger and they didn't get it, and they've been holding on to that. And, and even like admitted to themselves that every Christmas they're thinking like, yeah, finally I'll get it. You know, at like 28, 29 years old, as soon as they release that, it's like they're not playing the victim anymore. Mm. So that may seem like really silly in all this other stuff we've been talking about. But to, to people who are watching this who haven't gone through something horrific, you may be holding on to something as simple as a stupid little Elmo doll that's affecting your belief system, your story, and giving you limits in your life instead of creating limitless and how do you teach
1: people to go back and sort of re get new perspective on the Elmo doll?
0: It's it's really you know just quiet space kind of putting yourself in a position of just really kind of going through and timelining your life and I usually start with like what's your first childhood memory and then from there you know you can kind of start architecting and building different story and figuring out like where things happened but I think that most people they know what's holding them back at some level and they just don't want to be honest with it and they'll do a lot to bury it and the older you get the more it gets buried but I think if you really look back on your life, you can say, okay, that's it. And I just don't want to take ownership of that. And a lot of times it's, like I said, that shame, whether it happened to you or you did it, you know, it's Mm -hmm. that shame of just let, let go of shame. Like if anything, we've proven in this world, like we're, we're a world of forgiveness. Like we will forgive people who are honest and vulnerable and real, but You've got to be that first, in order for us to, you know. But you got to do that for yourself first. You got to forgive yourself.
1: So once you identify the thing that's there, how do you sort of retrain your mind to look at it differently?
0: So what I've done is it's it's all perspective, right? So you look at um, I will go back to my story. As horrible as my story is, the perspective that I look at and what I look at it is is that I have an uncanny ability to understand human beings and trauma. Mm. Like that's a gift. It's, it's no longer a curse, which is what, you know, my young adult life, it was always a curse. Now it's a gift. Like I can truly understand just about any story. And I know that sounds so cheesy and silly because of some of the things that have been marketed, but like there are positives in every situation that we go through. And even in the entrepreneurial world, we're trained. I think that's another thing that's really benefited me is like failure, I think it's more of our egos that we don't want to say like failure exists. It's like, no, failure doesn't exist, it's a learning, learning moment. No, you screwed up, you failed. Like Let's just own that, Like there's nothing wrong with that. And yes, you should learn from those failures, but the things that I learned through the abuse that I went through were incredibly powerful. I mean, my ability to withstand life, like, good luck knocking me down. Like, that, that re- that's not an ego or a cocky thing. It's sure. just, like, good luck. And what's cool is I didn't know any of this stuff when I was a kid other, until I was about 16, 17. I started, like, reading encyclopedias on the human body and mind but even then we had no clue and now like all this science is coming out about energy and positive and negative and chemical hormones being stored in the brain and like memories actually releasing endorphins like all this stuff's happening and it's like wow cool like the monks had something like you know <laughs> it's like we're 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 like going and proving these very 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 ancient rituals mm. to be scientifically like accurate and who knew where they got their inspiration but regardless we're now proving that this rewriting of the story, this telling you know, yourself and believing something different literally changes the chemical makeup in your body, which releases different hormones and different endorphins, which then allows you to have a different you know, complete outlook. And not just that, but you know, we're sensual beings, so we sense other things from other human beings, right? Like we use the old adage of dogs, right? Like if you're scared of a dog and you go up to it, it's going to know you're scared, and so it's going to bark at you more or whatever. Mm-hmm. Human beings are the same way, right? If you if you're unconfident, you don't feel sexy, and you don't feel this way. That's how you're going to come across, not because that's what you really maybe are right. with skin and you know skin and all that, but that's the chemicals that you're you're releasing. So you know people ask me all the time, how did you get Jody? Wish you could do like a little like in we'll screen sure thing, to, yeah, right? Right? Because sure like she's she's hot as hell, <laughs> and so it's like. How did I, this little scrawny, like 160 dude, get that as a, as a wife? And I look at it and I say, because my chemicals rock, right? Like she was just attracted to that. And it's, and it's whatever, but it's true. And you look at different things in the world and you see people. You know, we both have a mutual friend, Gary Vaynerchuk, right? You hang out with that guy, and like no matter how cool you think you are, you're not as cool as Gary. Like when you're with him, like he just has that like genuine awesome thing. And, and you've interviewed some great people and you probably could tell stories about that, but that's chemical. And that's based off of the belief. It's based off of all the different things that we're talking about. And so now science is proving that, which is really fun.
1: And this is your concept of BioWorth, right? Right. Yeah. So, guys, if you haven't already seen it, he's done an amazing TED talk on BioWorth. You guys definitely want to check that out. It's pretty incredible. You just basically rewind the last five minutes and play them back knowing that that's the concept of BioWorth. I mean, it's really pretty interesting. And that's something that is absolutely core and central to me as an entrepreneur, to me as, you know, what I want to do in the world is to really help people understand that if you um, grow to really understand neuroanatomy, if you understand, um, you alluded even to hormones, and if you really understand that stuff, um, and maybe this is just me, but in understanding it, I was able to visualize it and visualizing yep. it. I could take control of it and didn't feel like I had to be at the mercy of my emotions or just what I was going through from a neurochemical standpoint. And then a big one for me was understanding the way the brain rewires itself. Yeah. So neuroplasticity and yep. all that stuff is pretty incredible.
0: Knowledge is power. And I mean, just, just simple things, right? Just understanding where your organs are in your body. Most people have no idea. Mm. Like, what does a gallbladder do? I don't know. We can probably take it out. Can we? Like, should we? (laughs) Like, you know, like, I mean, it's just so many different things. The liver, it regenerates itself. It's the Mm. only organ that can literally regenerate itself. So, understanding what this is, right, from head to toe, and just having a basic concept of where things are and being able to visualize that is so powerful.
1: Tools, Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy to start, run, and grow a business. Shopify powers more than 10% of all U.S. e-commerce because businesses that wanna grow quickly use Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash impact right now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply so powerful all right let's take a, a sharp left here i want to go back to it. so on the set of your show waking up with west you have Iron Man hanging on the background. You've got Thor. You made a reference to uh, Superman earlier. Who's your favorite superhero and why?
0: Oh, nice question. So, um, Iron Man, easy. Okay. And to me, it's because he amplifies the most of of like who I think I am, I guess. And also, it was a nickname. Well,
1: you can't say that without telling us who you think you are. Yeah,
0: so it's just here. this concept of like... I don't have any super gift, right? Like I don't, I'm not Superman with like the sun recharges me and I'm awesome. I don't have Spider Man. I don't have webs, all that fun stuff. But like Iron Man is just a really successful, smart guy who builds a really cool suit that can do anything, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's that kind of concept of I can put on any armor that I want and be able to accomplish anything in this world. And that really, for me, now it's it's done different things in my life. In the uh, previous, before I started Human Project, and you alluded to it with my business. I wore suits, literal suits, mm. like in very expensive suits, and the more money I could spend on my suits, the more awesome I felt about myself, and that was a guard, right? If you invited me to go bowling, right, I'd be in a suit. Really? Oh yeah, like there was, there was <laughs> jokes that like I was born in a suit because that was my armor, because mm. no one would get to like, me telling my story is a new thing. I didn't start publicly telling my story till I was 27, wow. 27, 28. And so again, shame, all these different things. And so that suit protected me. Like that was my armor. And so Iron Man to me has meant a couple of different things in my life. And even when you study like the comic book of Iron Man, he makes all these different transformations throughout his his life. And now in the Marvel series, they're finally kind of at that last chapter of where he only uses the suit to do things that matter, but really he's just who he is and he's out there and he's you know kind of dropped the playboy and he's dropped everything and whatever and that happens in the comics where he just kind of goes from this like really arrogant you know uh, all about himself gets the suit thinks he's cool and then falls in love has this whole transformation you know goes through the whole process and then at the end it's like the suit is just a tool mm. and that's where I kind of feel I'm at now is the suit is just a tool so if i need to go and and help youth Right, we just had a case where um, we had a girl come forward, and ended up being about twenty other girls were being molested by the same guy. So I had to put on a suit there that that I had to go in and be her advocate and go against a system that's broken. Massively broken, and just about get myself arrested and every other fun thing. But the suit was there to make it happen. And at the end of the day, the guy is now serving two life terms. Wow. But the the thing is, is like now I use the suit as a tool.
1: You really are the perfect example of. Um, what I find so empowering about superheroes, what I find empowering about narrative in general is the stuff is there if you're ready to take it on. And my big beef and, and one of the reasons that impact theory exists is to get people to understand that the way that we tell mythology in a modern context is largely through superheroes. Certainly here in the US, it's a little less pervasive internationally, But in the US, one of the most powerful things that we have to convey how you should be living your life, your value system, right? With great power comes great responsibility. I mean, there's like all these things that maybe some people don't even realize come from um, comic books, but, you know, all this really powerful stuff coming in comics. And if people can stop dismissing it as being something for kids and really embrace, like you have, like... The self-awareness of understanding the suit, the awareness to be reading this comic book and going, hey, wait a second, the way that this guy is using his suit is very similar to how I'm using my suit, maybe they're different, but then being able to understand the journey that he's gone, the empowerment, doing something that matters, and, and having that similar transformation in your own life, to me, is, is just insanely powerful.
0: Yeah. I, stories. I think there's so much power in story, and it's why I chose to share my story. Mm. You know, I, I don't get anything out of sharing my story personally. It's not a healing moment like I had my healing moment. My healing moment happened, you know, in closed doors in the middle of the woods. Like the, my healing moment was with me. But now my story, I have seen the power in my story and I'll share it as many times as I have to for people to have the ability to through my story find their moment in the woods, their moment behind the closed door because that's what's going to change their life and ultimately going to change the planet and it's and to me it's the more vulnerable that story can be and when you look at comic books i think it's a lot of individual stories that they've hidden behind these kind of you know superhuman characters if you yeah. would in order to create a shield so that they don't have to you know have that vulnerability and that ridicule i cannot tell you the amount of ridicule that i've gone through in sharing story of my personal story which i never saw coming it was never something but I think that all story, you know, you, you brought up, you know, like mythology and, and the Greeks and like all the stories they were telling had to do with certain things that humanity has been dealing with for eons ever since, you know, we've, we've been here. Mm-hmm. And now we tell it in these comic stories and there's so much power to them. But to me, it's story in general. More people need to share their story, not in a victim way and not sharing at a, at, at, for a point of healing but for a point of literally empowering. But I would encourage anyone, share your story, even if it's just inside of your own ecosystem, in, in your family, in your community. If there's something you've been holding and and, and heal through it and then share it because guarantee there's somebody else who's going through something similar and you will be able to reach them. I can't reach everybody. My story doesn't, my personality is not going to click with every single person. Sure. But the more of us that share openly, the more impact that we're going to have and kind of solve this Global dysfunction that we're dealing with.
1: Yeah, there was. I had this really like immense sense that at the human camp, one thing that you were really making visceral and real for the people that go there is you are not alone. Yeah. And hearing these kids talk, I mean, it really, guys, you go watch some of these stories. They are, they're simple. They're deadly simple. Mm-hmm. Like these kids are, what are they, must be like 12 to 14 ish?
0: Yeah, our, our camp ranges from 12 to 18, but most of the stories that I think, yeah, you're 12 to 15. Yeah.
1: They, they were so um, beautiful in their unguardedness and the way that the kids were talking about, maybe for the first time, and maybe realizing for the first time that, hey, this crazy experience that I had, this sense that I am. I am massively alone in this just huge void of a life. Cause obviously, normally yeah. these are kids that are struggling. And so yep. they, they're, they don't have the normal infrastructure of parents that we have. And they're, you know, talking about what they've been through. And that their punchline is here being at this camp and sharing with these other people, I'm getting reflected back the sense that I'm not alone, that somebody actually understands my struggle. And for all the horrible shit that comes with this highly social world that we're living in. There is a flip side to that. And the the reason that the first question I asked you was about how you refine beauty is because that to me is, is interesting. You get what you focus on, right? And nope. so you can focus on the dark, you can focus on the neglect or what your parents did or didn't do, or you can choose to focus on finding like those little glimmers of beauty that you talked about and fan those flames, focus on them, think about them, obsess over them like most people obsess over negativity. And it begins to build this, I think of as you know embers, glowing embers into a fire. And now you've got this warmth. You fucking see these kids go through that in like real time in front of the camera was so cool
0: yeah the uh, the simplicity of just knowing that you're not alone is 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 really not simple it's it's massive because in those dark moments, you are alone like for the most part, you are physically alone and so then it's not that hard to take it from a physical to a mental state of I'm the only one being molested. I'm the only one being beaten. I'm the only one with alcoholic parents. I'm the only one with a mom and dad who hate each other. I'm the only one that lives in a really wealthy community, but everyone's lying to each other. Like you, it's really simple for that to happen. But the the reality is, is you're not. And when you're not alone, you have community. What does community give you? Safety, right? It all comes back to like being safe. And if I feel safe, then I have power. And then I can do something and control and all these different elements. So, you know, yes, it's huge and it's a massive thing that we talk about, um, you know, not being alone. So,
1: What's something that you, like if you had to pick one thing that you want to make sure that the kids get out of human camp, what is it?
0: The biggest thing is is really understanding the power that they possess, right? So our whole mission, um, you know, when you take all the fluff and all the marketing words out of it, is empowerment. That's it. It's it's and true empowerment, not marketing word empowerment, but So define it then for us, real So first. true empowerment of understanding that you're in control. You control your destiny, you can create what you want to create. You have gifts that nobody else on the planet has. You have talent. You have everything. Everything you need to become whatever you want is right here, right? And and I don't care what the limitations are. Physical, mental, spiritual, I don't care. Any everything is there for you. You know, so the point is is that. With these children, as you're going through, you find these little glimpses, these little pieces, and then you explore what they really mean. And then you just find like this huge root system that's underneath there, and then you start just really building from there. And that's where you can just motivate them to go to the next level.
1: Mm. Uh, Super powerful. All right, before we get to our last question, where can these guys find you? So uh,
0: you can Google me. Um, apparently, I hear that works. Uh, it but, works well. Oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, Wesley D. Chapman, but really like, and we haven't got too much into it, but really focus on the organization, a human project. I mean, we're, we're doing things there that are, people are telling it can't be done. like my personal goal is I want to impact a billion people on this planet before I die like that's my goal, mm. and I also want to put ourselves out of business so it's like this double hedge you know double headed sword in fact, right before this, I was on a call explaining that to somebody like, you want to put yourself out of business and I'm like, yes, like for the first time in my life, I'm building a company that should that needs to die mm. like I don't want to still be talking about this in 20 years. Like the fact that we as, a, as a, a global human society are still having conversations about children being abused and going through horrific situations, to me, just like blows my mind. Like, and
1: what's the secret to actually getting rid of that problem?
0: Self worth to me and, it, and it's also the shame but in my opinion it comes down to self-worth and eliminating shame from these things so we can have real conversations so that it just doesn't become something that people have to deal with alone a human project is on a huge mission like i know that i know we can't do it alone that's why we're enlisting the help that we're listing like we're not this isn't this isn't a simple problem to solve mm-hmm. in the sense of the global aspect of it but the solution is simple and it just has to be understood right like I've, I've been asked hundreds of times, why are you Wes, right? Why aren't you the stereotypical, like, you're abused, you went through this, your dad's an alcoholic, your mom's this, you're like, why aren't you in that pool? I made a choice. That's it. Mm. I made a choice. I made a choice that I didn't want to be that. There's nothing special about me. There's nothing miraculous about who I am. Like, the only miraculous cool thing is I don't have to eat or sleep sometimes. Like, that's it. I just made one choice when I was 16 years old that I was no longer going to be a victim, and that I was going to be a hero to myself, and that I was going to change my life. And I had no idea that it would lead me here. No idea I'd be here in the set, talking to you, doing what we're doing. No idea. It was never part of the plan. The only thing I knew is I didn't want to be the victim and this other trajectory of life. I wanted something different. So I made that choice, and now I'm here. And every day is like, I wake up and I'm like, holy crap. Like when I got the email from your team, I'm like, really? Me? Like, that's cool. I'm like watching your show and I'm like, holy crap, look at all these guests that are on there. And I'm like, things are just happening and it's because of one choice. Mm. And that's it. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking you've made all these different choices and your life is in one direction, make one different choice. Just one. And see where it goes.
1: Wow. Well, you've answered the question I was gonna ask you, which is what is the impact you want to have on the world? But I think that's pretty clear. Wes, thank you so much, man. Thank you for coming on the show. It's absolutely incredible. Incredible, man. Thank you. Guys, you're gonna wanna dive deep into this man's world, that notion of it being a choice, that at the end of the day, it's your choice and that you're gonna get the life that you focus on, and you choose what you're gonna focus on. So put the victim to bed, wake the hero up instead. I love that it is fun. It rhymes and therefore is so much more true. But here's the thing. It's actually going to work. And I think that Wes really made clear that you need to be determining your choices based on efficacy. What is actually working? And If going in the victim direction is giving you a zero result and it's not delivering anything but more pain and that you're reinforcing that cycle in your own mind, to go in the opposite direction and to really begin to tell yourself a new story, to find those little glimmers of hope and beauty and to fan those flames and turn them into something that you can think about that really are true. really something born in your life, but you choose to put more energy and effort into something powerful that's going to push you in a direction, that's going to give you the kinds of results that you want in your life, all you have to do is look at where this man started and where he's ended up to understand that if there's nothing special about him and he's done all of that, then there really is no limit to what you guys can do. So, guys, I hope that you got the chills from this guy as many times as I have. It's absolutely incredible. And as you go deeper into this world, it's just going to be more and more of that. And like he said, please go to ahumanproject.com and click on the stories of the kids. It's going to blow you away. It affected me deeply. So be sure to check it out. All right, guys, this is a weekly show. So be sure to subscribe, my friends. And until next time, be legendary. Take care. Wes, thank you so thank much, you. man. That incredible. Incredible. Hey everybody, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Impact Theory. If this content is adding value to your life, our one ask is that you go to iTunes and Stitcher and rate and review. Not only does that help us build this community, which at the end of the day is all we care about, but it also helps us get even more amazing guests on here to show their knowledge with all of us. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this community and until next time, be legendary, my friends.